verses. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in what? In the gospel. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I, I made these out where you can put them in your pocket when during the day. You can take it out and you can read it. And I found out if I just read something repetitively, I memorize it. And I put it in my head. And I tell you what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it different than I said. Put Just, just have them and, and put them in the back and remind me to announce that as everybody leaves and they can just stop and pick one up if they want one. That way we won't have to take so much time. All right? How many of y'all are going to try to memorize these two verses for me? All right. All right. Well, look in Romans chapter number 2, and we will get started here this evening. How many of y'all have had a good day today? How many of y'all have had a bad day today? All right. Well, it's, all it can do is get better from here. Amen? Romans chapter number 2, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. And, uh, man, we've got a great study tonight. You're going to really enjoy it. Uh, uh, God's going to open our eyes to see some stuff. Now, some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is going to some people is going to seem very, very elementary, but to others it's going to be very, very eye-opening. Because I, I, sometimes we take for granted that there are some folks that's just never had the opportunity to really study the Bible and learn things. And we use terminology sometimes that makes sense to some, but some people have no clue. Are you all with me right there? And we're going we're gonna to be throwing the word Jew and Gentile around a lot tonight. In the Bible study tonight, what, what is a Jew? I mean, what's the difference between Jew and Gentile? What, what, is, it, what is the significance of the law? All of this stuff we're going to talk about tonight. And in the intro, we're going we're gonna to really deal with that because in order to understand chapter number 2, there's some really elementary things you need to understand, and I want everybody to be on the same page. If that makes sense, say amen. All right. Chapter number 2, verse 1. Therefore, now remember, anytime you see therefore or wherefore, you got to go back and read the verses before that to find out why he's saying what he's fixing to say. Now, the few verses, now, now remember this too. When you're studying the Bible, when you're studying the Bible, chapters and verses were put in there by the translators, not by the letter writer. So sometimes when they divide something by chapter, it really goes together and you need to read it together. Does that make sense? So this really, chapter 2, goes with chapter 1. He just listed all of these sins that mankind is, is committing and is guilty of and doing all these things and, and how bad the regression of man is. And now he goes to say what he's fixing to say. Therefore... Thou, speaking to the Jewish congregation and the Jewish audience he's speaking to, thou art inexcusable, O man, whoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same thing. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. How many are glad God's judgment is always right? It's according to truth against them that commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and the longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after the hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will, now, he, he not only judges according to truth, but watch what he says in verse 6 who will render to every man according to his... He judges according to our deeds. 
to them who by, now in verse 7, 8, 9, and 10, you're going to see a comparison. You're going to see a comparison, Jew and Gentile alike, all right, and how God's going to judge us. He says this, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he's going to give them what? Eternal life. But unto them that are conscientious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, what is he going to give them? Indignation and wrath. If they be contentious and do not obey the truth, they're going to get indignation and wrath. Now watch this. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also to who? The Gentile. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the... For there is no respect of persons with God. There is no respect of persons with God. Father... Thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness. God, help us as we study your word. Lord, let the Holy Spirit flow through our hearts and our minds in this auditorium. Lord, as we dig into your word and we take the, 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 the truths and the, and, the, and the special things that you have for us to learn tonight. God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, say amen. Now, here's the deal. I hope everybody can see the board, but if you can't, just move where you can, all right? Uh, here, we, I, I'm, I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using uh, in the intro a little bit of information that, that's not all in your notes because as I was reading this and studying this to present to you, I got to thinking there's some people who may not know why a Jew is a Jew and why a Gentile is a Gentile and what's the significance about all of that. And if you don't, you're really not going to understand the chapter. All right? In, in, in Romans, the whole book of Romans... Is, is summed up in uh, our memory verse that we, we did, you remember? How to be right with God. Look in, look in chapter 1, verse 17. Chapter 1, verse 17 says this, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the book of Romans, the letter of Romans, was written so we could know how to be right with God. Does that make sense? Amen. It was written so that we may know how to be right with God. Well, the first three chapters, the first three chapters of Romans goes together. I know it's divided by chapters and verses, but that's just for our easy reading and memorization and study. But they go together. Now, I don't have time in one, one uh, lesson uh, to be able to go through all of those. That's why we're dividing it up. But I need you to understand that chapters 1, 2, and 3, they go together. Paul is doing something. From the mid part of chapter 1 to the, uh, the, the end of chapter number 3, you'll find out Paul is setting them up. And I didn't see it till today when I was really digging in and putting it together what Paul was really doing. He is setting them up. He is bringing them. And here's the, here's the key verse. I want you to look in chapter 3, verse 19. The key verse, the key verse for Romans, the whole book of Romans, is in 117. But the key verse of the first section, which is chapters 1, 2, and 3, is in chapter 3, verse 19. What is Paul trying to do? What is Paul trying to do in chapters 1, 2, and 3? This is what he's trying to do. Chapter 3, verse 19. If you found it, say amen. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped 
Now read it with me. And that all the world may become guilty before God. What is Paul trying to do in chapters 1, 2, and 3? He's trying to reveal the condition of man. He is trying to let them see and understand, fully comprehend that they are sinners. They have to know they're sinners. Before, man, this is good. I'm t- before he introduces their Savior, he's got to, listen, he's got to do everything he can for them to understand they are a sinner. Because if you don't realize you're a sinner, you're not going to need a Savior. Are you with me? They got to know they're a sinner. They got to know their real condition. They got to understand the state that they are in and the condemnation that they are under. They got it because if you're not sick, you're not going to go to a doctor. But if you know you're sick, you're going to seek some help. And before they will seek a savior, they got to know they're a sinner. Are y'all with me? In chapter number 1, we find out that he brings the Gentiles under condemnation. The Gentiles in chapter number 1 are condemned guilty. The gavel falls, and in chapter 1, there's no doubt about it, the Gentiles are guilty. But in chapter number 2, we're going to find out that the Jews are guilty too. Now, in understanding what he is describing in chapter number 2, we've got to find out what is the difference what is the difference in Jew and Gentile? We use that all the time, and sometimes baby Christians who come in and they don't really have that much Bible knowledge because they're new to church and that type of thing. And sometimes you can be in church a long time and never have the opportunity to really dig and study in the Word to, to be a little bit ignorant of some things in the Bible. What is a Jew and Gentile? What is a Jew and Gentile? What's so significant about this? Why has God put a separation and a designation between these two groups of people? All right? Look in your notes. Look in your notes. In your introduction, the first thing I want you to see. Now, now, do we all understand? Do we all understand here tonight that, that the, the, the purpose of chapters 1, 2, and 3, the first section, is so all the world can realize their condition. And when he says their mouths may be stopped, in other words, he's taking all the excuses away. Has that ever happened to you before? I mean, we make excuse after excuse after excuse, and Paul's taking all the excuses away. There's no excuse. Your mouth will be stopped. You will become guilty before God. Chapter 1, the Gentiles are guilty. Chapter 2, the Jewish nation is guilty. Chapter 3, the Bible says, for all have, we're all guilty. Are y'all with me? So in, in, in 319, does everybody see, he's, he's wanting everybody to see their conditions. That makes sense. Now, let's look at the difference between Jew and Gentile. Why is he going into such detail? Why is he going into such detail in chapter 2 uh, to describe their real condition why is it so hard why didn't chapter one do the job why didn't what he said in chapter one do the job for the jewish people that are hearing this message watch this in 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 the the history the history of mankind now i'm not an artist so just take it for what it's worth amen in the history of mankind when it when when god was wanting when God was wanting to reveal himself to a world that was a godless world, a broken world, a dying world, a hurting world, he picked out a group of people. Now, all of this is mankind, and this is one group of people. 
the Jewish nation. All right? Now watch this. Number one in your, in your intro, in your intro, number one, I want you to see their parentage, their origin, where they come from, their parentage. They should have the, 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 the spelling up here, their parentage. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee of a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee. And, it, and this is really good. I underlined it in your notes. And in thee, in that nation, in this group of people, in that group of people, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Y'all with me so far? Watch. That's their parentage. They came from Abraham. God called Abraham out. Abraham's a part of, the, a part of everybody else, but God calls him out. You know what the, the word church means? It's the Greek word ecclesia. You know what that word means? Called out. Called out. He took a man and called him out of the rest of the world. All right? Now, this is all going to tie together. This is kind of cool. All right, now we have Abraham and his family, and his family begins to grow. They, be, they, they have the, the 12 sons of Jacob. That's why you always hear Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all right? And then the 12 sons, they formed the 12 tribes of Israel, and now here they are in Egypt. Here they are in Egypt. Uh, uh, in, in 400 years, they're in Egypt until God, the timing is just right. You say, why did God allow them to stay in Egypt under bondage and slavery for 400 years? Because during those 400 years, God was given mercy and long-suffering to the rest of the Gentile nations that were in Canaan to repent and make it right. And because they didn't, that's when he sent the Jewish nation in there to destroy them and their idolatry. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, so now we have, we have their parentage. The Jewish nation came from a called-out man, Abraham, called out from all the rest of the world. Now he has a purpose. He has a promise from God that his, his seed will be as the sand of the sea, as the stars of the sky. He said, I'm going to bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And, and the whole earth is going to be blessed because of your family and your lineage. All right? They come out. They come out of, uh, they come out of Egypt and they come to Mount Sinai. Now, God takes a group of slaves, a group of slaves, a group of nobodies, if you will, and he begins to form a nation. And he gives them the law. Are you all with me? He gives them the law. This is significant because we hear this all the time. We hear this all the time. The law, the law this, the law that, follow the law, under the law. What is the law? You go if you go look in in your Old Testament Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy throughout the, the the Pentateuch there you'll find you'll find that there is a law given by God that God gave to man so they could understand how to be right with Him. Now think about this a minute. In other words, if you're going to be righteous and you're going to be holy. This is just so big. I'm just going to, I'm almost going to freestyle tonight because there's just so many places I want to go with this right now. I'm telling you, I was all over the place in my studies, and it took all I could do to focus. And one of the things we learned in college, you listen, don't 
let your thoughts control you. You control your thoughts. It's almost impossible here because there's, I just, I'm about to bust with stuff. I'm, the law. They got the law so they could know what it took to be right with God. What it took to be holy. God's standard is here, and here is the law. Now, guess what? Guess what everybody has figured out? We can't live up to it. And that's a whole other study, but we're going to get to that. But you're going to see this through the book of Romans. The law was given to this group of people in this nation so they could see the holiness of God and the purity of God. They were set apart. Now, the second thing I want you to write down about the Jewish nation, not only their parentage, but I want you to write down their privilege. Their privilege. What did Jesus say about this group of people? What did Jesus say about this group of people? In John chapter number 4, he said, You don't know what you worship, talking to the Samaritan woman. He said, We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. What did we get from the Jewish people? The Scriptures, the Savior, and salvation. Are y'all with me? This was a privileged group of people. They had a privileged country. They had a blessed, listen, a blessed land. God gave them the law. They had the priesthood. They had the tabernacle. They had everything necessary to have a relationship with God that all the rest of the world didn't have. Are y'all with me? Now, I may be boring some folks in here, but I promise you, this is going somewhere. This is good stuff, and you need to know this stuff. You need to know their parentage. You need to know they came from Father Abraham, but you need to know their privilege. They had stuff nobody else had. They had a privilege nobody else had. They walked closer to God than anybody else on the whole world because God called them out. God chose them. God gave them special privileges and his special presence to go with them for this purpose. Number three, we not only see their parentage, their privilege, but I want you to see their purpose. Their purpose. Watch what the Bible says in Exodus 19. Exodus 19. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, now watch what it says, watch what it says, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Y'all with me? All the earth, all the nations, all the people are mine. But you're going to be different. You're going to be different. You're called out for a reason. Not because you were good. Not because you deserved it. Not because you earned, and I'm going somewhere, not because you earned this, but because I chose you. I chose you. Now watch. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of what? And a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This is the deal, guys. This is what you got to get. This, this little old bitty nation 
their purpose was not to stand and brag that they were God's chosen. They were to be a kingdom of priests. Now, what was a priest? A priest was a representative of God, a go-between, if you will, between God and man. They would go to the priest, and the priest would go to God for the people. The priest was a divine representative from God to the people and from the people to God. And God is saying to the nation of Israel, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. You're going to, you, the whole nation, the whole nation is going to be a representative of me to all the world. What did, what did God tell Abraham? All the earth will be blessed because of you. Now watch this. Ultimately, all the earth was blessed because of the nation of Israel because Jesus, the Savior, came out of the nation of Israel. He was a lion of the tribe of Judah. Say amen. But did the nation of Israel do their job? No. No. Matter of fact, y'all want to go a little bit deeper? Watch this. They come to Mount Sinai. It was God's ultimate purpose that the whole nation be a priest and a representative of God to man and man to God. But when they got to Mount Sinai and they saw the glory of God, they saw the holiness of God, they heard the thunder and they saw the lightning flashing and the bright noise. They seen all that they saw. They backed up and said, Moses, you go talk to him and you just tell us what he said. God intended for the whole nation to be a priest and represent but because of their denial because of their rejection he made a priesthood out of out of Aaron and his sons are y'all with me you say why are you getting all jacked up and excited about that this is old testament Abraham was called out of the world the church is called out from the world do you realize the Bible says that we are a peculiar people? A royal priesthood. What does it mean? The church took over their job. The nation of Israel was to be a representative to all the world to reveal the glory of God, to reveal the splendor of God, to reveal the word of God, to say, hey, there is a God. Are you all with me? When David went down in that valley when he fought the giant, he didn't go down there and say, look how bad I am, look how good I am, look what kind of soldier I am. He came down there and said, everybody will know that there's a God in Israel. Say amen. He was revealing God's glory and magnifying God. And boy, if there's anything the church needs to do, it needs to brag on God. Everything they do and everything they say and every, every area of their life, they need to make God look good because that's our job. We're called out. We are, we are a royal priesthood. I am a representative of God to man and a representative of man to God. I need to go to God and pray for fellow man, and I need to go to man and tell them what God has said for them. They were special. I mean, they were just not any ordinary group. God put blessings on them beyond your imagination. I mean, just blessing upon blessing and just privilege upon privilege. You say, why are you making such a big deal about this? Because that's the reason it was so hard to convince them that they were guilty. 
It was so difficult to tell a Jew he was not right with God. That's what got Jesus killed. When Jesus was preaching to them, they said, we be Abraham's children. In other words, we're right with God just because of the the family we was born in. Are y'all with me? Now, I'm going to go into detail in the study to prove that. But how many of y'all see that the the, the nation of Israel, and see, here's the deal. All of Abraham's seed. All of Abraham's seed are the Jewish people, the Jew. Let's see. All right? All of the rest of the world, all of the rest of the world are Gentile. Now, does everybody understand the difference in them people? Because you've got to get that before you get chapter 2. you just got to get that. Does everybody understand this? Say amen. amen. All right? Now, in chapter 1, he is describing the sin and the depravity and the degradation of the world, mankind, especially the Gentiles, all right? Now, he zeroes in on the Jewish hearers, the Jewish congregation that's hearing what he is saying, and he begins to get onto them and target them so that not only will the Gentile group of people find themselves condemned and find themselves a sinner and find themselves in need of a savior but now he's trying to convince a special group of people a called out group of people a privileged group of people a people who had an unbelievable connection with God and he's trying to get them to understand you're a sinner too does that make sense watch this in your study let's look number one number one how much time do I use on that? Too much. Amen. All right. Am I bored, anybody? I hope not. I hope you're enjoying this because I sure am. Amen. The rebuke, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, old man? Now it's talking to the Jewish nation. That judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? In his rebuke, I want you to see two things he rebukes. A, we see his rebuke of self-righteous judgment. His rebuke of self-righteous judgment. Certainly the Jews would applaud Paul's condemnation of the Gentiles in Romans 1. In fact, the Jewish national and religious pride encouraged them to despise the Gentile dogs. How many of y'all remember when Jesus was, was in his ministry and a Gentile woman came to him asking for his help in, in, in needing a miracle? And he said, it is not meat for me to take the bread, the, the children of Israel's bread, and give to dogs. Y'all remember that? I thought, man, that's terrible. Jesus just called this woman a dog. But that was the terminology, and Jesus did it on purpose. He always has a purpose for what he does. That was the terminology that Jews used for Gentiles. That's how how disdained they were by them people. Some Jews even believed that Gentiles didn't even have a soul. And he 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 was 
testing this woman in her faith. But that's a whole other story. But y'all remember that. Dogs, Gentiles, they thought they were lower class people. They knew not God. They were heathen. And they, they thought this was great, what Paul was saying in chapter 1. But then he begins to, he begins to just draw it down. Paul used this judgmental attitude to prove the guilt of the Jews. For uh, the very things they condemned in the Gentiles, they themselves were practicing. They thought that they were free from judgment because they were God's chosen people. But Paul affirmed that God's election of the Jews made their responsibility and accountability even greater. See, in their mind, this group of people, because they were God's chosen people, they were special, they were privileged, they were they were. God's people. Because of that, we could do whatever we want. We is okay because we were God's people. Same way that a lot of people that go to church act. Because my dad was saved or my mom was saved, my, 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 my parents went to church, I'm okay. And we're going to get in by way of inheriting. You don't get in by inheriting anything. God judges by truth. It doesn't matter if you came from Father Abraham. God's going to judge according to truth and deed. Say amen. And he begins to rebuke their self-righteous judgment. They put themselves here and the other people here. Boy, don't that sound like Sunday morning's message. Thinking they were better than everybody because of their, their background and their heritage and their lineage. And boy, he was bringing it down. He said, he said you're self-righteous. Not only does he rebuke their self-righteous judgment in verses 1 through 3, but I want you to see the rebuke of, of their sinful justification. They tried to justify their lifestyle and justify their behavior. God's judgment is according to truth. He does not have one standard for the Jews and another for the Gentiles. One who reads the list of sins in Romans 1, 29 through 32 cannot escape the fact that each person is guilty of at least one of them. At least one of them. We're all guilty of at least one of them. So well, I've never shot anybody. Have you ever been so mad at him you wanted to? And the only reason you didn't because you didn't have a gun in your hand at the time? Hello? Y'all still with me? Listen, what we're going to learn tonight is God don't look on our outward behavior. He looks on our heart. And that's what they didn't get. They thought as long as we look polished on the outside, everything's good and good to go. But he said, uh-uh. God looks on the heart because he judges in truth. In truth. Man, this is... Hmm. Well, there are prodigal sons and elder brothers. You say, what does that mean? Everybody can see the prodigal son who runs off and, 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 and spends his, his inheritance on prostitutes and wild ways and, and, and wild women and crazy living and, and wasting all that. Everybody can see the crack addict and everybody, everybody can see the, the, the person that's on meth and everybody can see the drunk and everybody can see all that stuff. And it's very easy to look down your self-righteous nose at them and point your finger at their problems and issues. But, but some of us are the older brother who has a problem and thinking they're better than the one that left just because he didn't leave. Even though he wanted to. Are y'all with me? So, so, let me move along. I'm going to run out of time. In condemning the Gentiles for their sins, 
the Jews were really condemning themselves. As the old saying puts it, when you point your finger at somebody else, the other three are pointing where? I was practicing this today. I'm going to start pointing like this. Amen? I'm, my mind just does stuff while I'm studying. I don't know. All right. First, first, does everybody see the rebuke? He's got to get their attention. Can you imagine the slap in the face when they read that? I mean, they're all jacked up and shouting and everything. It's like camp meeting time when he's, when he's condemning the, uh, 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 the, the, the Gentiles and, and, and all their sins and all that. But then he looks at them and sticks his finger in their face and says, you're judgmental, you're self-righteous, and you ain't right with God. I mean, this is like a shock moment. He rebukes them, but then he reminds them. He reminds them. Look at number two. He reminds them. What does he remind them of? A, the purpose of God's blessing. The purpose of God's blessing. Why in the world did God bless you like he did? Look in verse number four. Verse number four. In verse three he says, Do you think you're going to escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and his forbearance? And long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. All this stuff that God's been doing to you, he's been trying to bring you to himself. Watch. Instead of giving the Jews special treatment from God, the blessings they received from him gave them greater responsibility. To much is given, much is what? To much to, whom to much is given, much is required greater responsibility came to the Jewish nation to obey him and glorify him. In his goodness, God had given Israel great material and spiritual riches, a wonderful land, a righteous law, a temple and priesthood, God's providential care, and many more blessings. God had patiently endured Israel's many sins and rebellions and had even sent them his son to be their Messiah. Even after Israel crucified Christ, God gave the nation nearly 40 more years of grace and withheld his judgment, it is not the judgment of God that leads men to repentance, but the goodness of God. But Israel did not repent. Israel did not repent. They were still thinking in their mind, we're good because of who we are. Now do you see why Paul has to go into such detail to actually convince them that they were sinners? You remember what I said when we started this whole deal? The theme of Romans is how to be right with God. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. It's not hard to get a sinner saved. It's hard to get a sinner lost. And that's what he's having a problem with. They thought they were good. They thought they were okay. But he reminds them that all of these blessings that they received from God should have brought them to repentance and to come to know God. Then B, not only did he remind them of the purpose of God's blessings, but he reminded them of the principles of God's judgment. Oh, we need to know this, people. We need to know the principles of God's judgment. Look what he says. Look what he says. In verse 5, this is what they're doing. But after thy hardness, and that's stubbornness, that's stubbornness, if you don't know that, the hardness, impenitent, I'm not willing to change. That's what impenitent means, unrepentant. I'm not willing to change. 
after thy hardness and penitent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and of revelation of the righteous judgment of God. What's he saying? He's saying this. The judgment of God, judgment day is coming and you're building a resume. God's judgment is coming. The judgment of God is going to fall and all you're doing is building up material for God to bring against you. Now watch what he says in the next verse. This is really good. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them, now he begins to describe people that do one thing and the people that do the other. To those who by patient continuance and well-doing seek glory and honor and immortality, he's going to give them eternal life. But, but them that are contentious and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, they're going to get indignation and wrath. All right? It's by what they do, not who they are. Y'all with me? It's by what they do, their deeds. Now watch what he says in verse 9 and 10. Now he brings into who they are. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So who's going who's gonna to get judgment against them if they do evil? Everybody. It don't matter who you are. Now watch what he says in verse 10. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So who's going to get done right if they do right? Is everybody with me? Now watch this. Why is that? Verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Now look at this. In Romans chapter 2 verse 6, Paul was not teaching salvation by character or good deeds. And you got to get that. In other words, you can't do good enough to get into heaven. You can't. We, we, we're going to find that out as we study, as we keep on going, especially in chapter number 3. We're going to find out nobody's good enough to get into heaven. We cannot live up to God's holiness and his righteousness. There's no way. Our righteousness are as filthy rags in God's eyes. All right, so Paul's not teaching doing good deeds to get to heaven. This is what he's teaching. He's teaching the principles of judgment. The principles explaining the basic principles of God's judgment. God judges according to deeds, just as he judges according to truth. Paul was dealing here with the consistent actions of a person's life, the total impact of his character and conduct. For example, David committed some terrible sins, but the total emphasis of his life was obedience to God. Do you realize God said this about David? David lusted. David committed adultery. There was times in David's life when he was very prideful. David committed murder. But do you realize that God said David honored him in every way and, and was completely fulfilled the complete will of God for his life? Because God didn't look at a few mistakes and failures. God looked at the totality of his life. Aren't y'all glad of that? But Judas, Judas... Iscariot, you know, the one that betrayed Jesus? Watch what it says about him. Judas, on the other hand, Judas who was different, he confessed his sin and supplied the money for buying a cemetery for strangers. Yet the total emphasis of his life was complete disobedience and unbelief. Judas ran back and said, hey, I don't want this money anymore. I, I realize what i done. And he regretted it. He didn't repent. He regretted it. He went out and hung himself. And y'all know the story. Y'all know what happened. Why? Because God sees the totality, everything. 
disobedience and unbelief. God is trying through this second chapter to show the Jewish people that God judges according to truth and deeds, not your bloodline. Truth and deeds. True saving faith results in obedience and godly living. What's that mean? If you say you got saved and you didn't change, you probably didn't get saved. I just believe that. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Every time I get stupid on God, God reveals that real quick to me and deals with me. Anybody like that? For whom he loveth, he chasteneth. If you're without chastening, you're a bastard, not a son. That's not a cuss word. That means illegitimate. If you can go out and live any way you want to live out in this world and you claim to be saved and you profess to know God and God doesn't whip you, you don't belong to him. He says true saving faith reveals a change. There is an obedient life and godly living. Even though there may be occasional falls, I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect, amen. We're going to have issues. But when God measured the deeds of the Jews, he found them to be as wicked as those Gentiles. The fact that the Jews occasionally celebrated a feast or even regularly honored the Sabbath day did not change the fact that their consistent daily life was one of disobedience to God. God's blessings did not lead them to repentance. Now let me, let me draw that close to home. If you cuss like a sailor all day long and think you're doing God a favor by coming in here and getting a little Bible study, you're, you're just playing a game. You're just playing a game. I had a lady come to church one time. And, uh, and it, it was when the offices were right out here, the, the church offices right out here before we took all that out. And, uh, and I walked out the hallway, and I saw her standing at the door. And she had something she went to bring to the church, and, uh, and she had pants on. In her mind, in her, it was her conviction that, that, that you, you know, you're not supposed to wear pants in church. And, uh, and, and I, I, I seen her, and I said, come on in. Come on. Oh, no, 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 I can't come in. I said, come on in. I didn't get it. I'm dumb. It takes me a while. Oh, no, I can't. So I walked to the door. Oh, I can't come in here. I, I, I've got pants on. Now, here's the deal. That's fine. I'm not going to criticize anybody's convictions, anybody's whatever standards and your, your beliefs and that type of thing. That's, that's cool. You, you, you do what you think you need to do. But there's one thing you need to understand. God is out there too. God is out there too. We in the church have made it where we have made stuff sacred that God didn't. There's nothing sacred about this building. It's where we meet in air conditioning. I tell you, I think we need to take our shoes off. It's holy. The only thing that makes it holy is when God's there. And I don't think you need to take your shoes off unless God tells you to. Say amen. Are y'all with me? We'll take one little snippet out, out of the Bible, and we'll make it. I know I know. people will not preach without taking their shoes off because they feel like it's, man, come on. And what we've done, we have created this theme and, and idea in people's minds that this is holy. And this is the only, and God just kind of stays in here while we're gone. Now, you know what? We laugh because we just, oh, it's just, no, we really think that. That's why we'll come in here and sing Amazing Grace and out there a tear in my beer. 
We live one thing out there. This is going to get tight for us over, so y'all might as well just. You know why? Because we've got this mistaken deal that, that God stays right here. And we live one way out there and a different way here. And it wasn't created, it wasn't created by sinners. They're gonna be a sinner wherever they at. We'll pick up we'll pick up the guys from the jail and I'll be preaching, they'll be kissing their girlfriend on the ear back there and stuff, and you know, they're gonna be a sinner wherever they are. I don't have as much problem with that as I have them in here just, just saying, Oh how I love Jesus and then cussing their neighbor out when they go out here. I have more problem with that than I have a man kissing his ear back there. I do. Sinners are sinners. They they just they don't know they just gonna be what they are. But what happened is is we 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 portray something we're not. Y'all with me? And the Jewish nation was doing that. They were supposed to be God's people. You were supposed to be representatives of God to the rest of the world. You think you're so good because you have all these privileges, and you think you're so right because you have all these privileges, and you're playing a game, and you're a bunch of hypocrites. Because the very things you're condemning in them, you're practicing. Who art thou that judgest? God's the same out there as he is in here. Amen. Listen, listen. Let me read this part again. When God looked at the totality of the Jewish nation and the lives they were living, they were wicked as the Gentiles. The fact that the Jews occasionally celebrated a feast or even regularly honored the Sabbath day did not change the fact that they were their consistent daily life was one of disobedience to God. Now listen. We see number three, the revelation. What was number one? Tell me that back again. We see the rebuke. Say it with me. Number one, the the rebuke number two we find the the reminder now let's look at the revelation let's let, when 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 that when paul says this i promise you somebody swallowed the bubble gum that group of jewish people was like oh. why do you think why do you think the story of the good samaritan was so significant that a samaritan who was a half-breed person, half-Jew and half-Gentile, who the, who the Jewish people, who thought they were so good and so right and so close to God, they wouldn't spit on a Samaritan if they was on fire. But Jesus said it was a Samaritan to help somebody. That's why it was such a shocking story to them. Because they just didn't get it. Now watch what God says. Watch what Paul says reveals to them in verse number 11. Everybody read it with me. For there... Say it again. Jew or Gentile, you all the same. You all the same. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Talking about Jew and Gentile. For not the hearers of the law, not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. What's he saying right there? He said just because you got it doesn't make you right. 
It's not a possession of it. It's a practice of it. Y'all with me? Standing in the garage don't make you a car. Being at Bible study on Wednesday night with a Bible in your hand don't make you a Christian. It's not how you treat people in church on Sunday. It's how you treat people at work on Monday. I got people who won't never come back to Bible study. Doesn't this relate so much to where we are in the church today? And why the church has such little impact on a broken world? I, I'll give you another verse. I'll give you another verse that's going to make that come to life. Paul's statement in, in look here. Hey, write this down. I got to hurry. Hey, write this down. I want you to see the impartiality of the divine. The impartiality of the divine. God is no respecter of persons. Thank the Lord. I'm glad I don't have to be rich to be right with God. I'm glad I don't have to come from a good background to be right with God. I'm glad I don't have to be perfect to be right with God. I'm glad even Alabama fans can be right with God. Say amen. Had to loosen y'all up a little bit. Y'all getting a little tight. Look, he says in one verse, he completely shatters their lifelong understanding and belief of who they thought they were. They thought because just because they were a Jew, they was good. But watch what it says. This statement was a complete shock to the Jews. For he considered himself deserving of special treatment because he was chosen by God. But Paul explained that the Jewish law only made the guilt of Israel much greater. God did not give the law to the Gentiles so they would not be judged by the law. Actually, the Gentiles had the work of the law written in their hearts. It's called their conscience, by the way. This is in verse 15. Wherever you go, you find people with an inner sense of right and wrong, and this inner judge the Bible calls is our conscience. You find among all cultures a sense of sin and a fear of judgment and an attempt to atone for sins and appease whatever gods are feared. What is he saying there? You're guilty because you had the law and you didn't follow it. They're guilty because they had their conscience and didn't obey it. Either way, we're without excuse. You had the law and the tabernacle, they had creation. You remember in chapter 1 where it says because of the creation of man, they can look at all that and they are without excuse. Are you all with me? So now he's bringing it all together. Chapter 1, the, 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 the Gentiles are guilty. Chapters 2, the Jews are guilty. Now watch as we keep reading. Boy, this is something, man. He just, I mean, he, it's like he sticks them with a knife and just digs. Behold, verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew... And you rest in the law and make thy boast of God. You're just, you're just sitting back and you think you're good. And, and you, you brag that you know his will and approve the things that are more excellent and being instructed out of the law. You had all these privileges. And you're confident that thou thyself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. Thou therefore, which teaches another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, do you steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? 
Thou, thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? You make your boast of the law. Through breaking the law, you dishonor God. All of these things you're trying to tell all the rest of the world not to do, you're doing. And you think you're teaching? You think you're going to lead all these other people that are blind and you're committing the same things you're telling them not to do and you're living a lifestyle? Y'all with me? Now watch this. This is, this is the dagger in the heart. And this should bring every member of this church under deep conviction right here for the life we live outside of this church. This one verse. The Bible says in verse 24, for the name of God is... Now, 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 before we read that, before we read that, what was the purpose? What was the purpose? Look on, look on the front, front page. Look on the front page. Look on the front page. Number three in the intro. Number three in the intro. What was the purpose of the nation of Israel? Look beside it in parentheses. All right. Now, how was it going to do that? By glorifying God, by making God look good. Let me help y'all something. And, and, and don't nobody amen or owe me or none of that stuff. Just listen a minute because I want no distraction on this part. God may let you go through a bad deal so that the people that are watching you go through that deal how you respond to it and how you react to it will determine how they feel about the God you're supposed to serve. Because you say you're a Christian, and if you go through it and whine and complain and gripe and do all this stuff and worry and fret and just, oh, me, they're going to think, what kind of God do you have? If you lift your head up and you smile and you say that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. If you can say, hey, I don't know what God's doing. Job said this, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. What is the world seeing? Are, are because of the behavior of this group of people, is this group of people glorifying God? Why did David go down in that valley? Not to show off. Why didn't David go down in that valley? Not just because nobody else would. He went down there to make God look good. He said, everybody's going to know that there's a God in Israel. Why did Elijah go on top of that mountain? and confront all of those prophets of Baal and all of the nation of Israel. He stood alone, and he called fire down from heaven and consumed that sacrifice so they would know that there's a God in heaven. It was simply to glorify and magnify God. You may, you may, you may tell you how to get God moving on your behalf? Give him the credit. You may tell you how to get God moving on your behalf in everything you do and everything you say. Keep giving him glory. Keep giving him credit because he said, my glory will I give to no man. And we are here to bring him glory. That was our purpose. 
Our lives are supposed to be lived in such a way that those around us say, whoo, what a God. Wow. But watch. What actually took place? What actually took place? Verse 24. For the name of God is magnified. Is that what your Bible says? No. What's it say? Among the Gentiles, because of who? The Jewish people. The life you're living is supposed to be lived in such a way that this world outside, who you, you're supposed to represent God in such a way that everybody says, Or does people outside this church make fun of God and, and ridicule God and, and, and blaspheme God because the people that come out of this church are no different than they are? People make fun of God because the people that are supposed to know God don't act like they know God. They don't live like they know God. They don't believe and behave like they know God. How many people ridicule God because of so many Christian hypocrites? Y'all with me? And, and, and you say, preacher, you just made us feel bad. No, I want us to get this. Because when we start thinking we've arrived, God will let us fall right on our face. What is the world saying about our God because of our behavior around them. Let me say that again. What is the world saying about our God because of our behavior around them? According to this verse, because of the nation of Israel, God was not being glorified. God was not being magnified. God was being blasphemed because of them. It all boils down to this. When it's all said and done, you're guilty. Now, you remember when we started the study tonight? We needed to know why this was such an in-depth, direct, finger point to the nation of Israel and why it was so hard for Paul to convince them that they were guilty is because they had purpose they had privilege they were so proud of their parentage they said we be the children of father Abraham they had all of these things and instead of leading them to God they rebelled they had the law. They knew what it took to be right. Now next week, in chapter 3, we're going to find really what this was all about. Fundamentalists like to throw this around a lot to control people. The I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm four minutes over time right now. Church saved man. Listen, let's go out there and live what we learn. B, 
Y'all know how to keep a turkey in suspense? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. Bad. All right. The inconsistency of the disobedient. We see the impartiality of the divine, but we see the inconsistency of the disobedient. The Jew boasted in the law. The Jew boasted in the law. He was different from his pagan neighbors, he thought. But Paul made it clear that it was not the possession of the law that counted, but the practice of the law. The Jews looked on the Gentiles as if they were blind, dark, foolish, immature, ignorant. But if God found the deprived Gentiles guilty, how much more guilty were the privileged Jews? God not only judges according to truth and according to men's deeds, but he also judges the secrets of men. He sees what's in the heart. The Jewish people, now here's the deal, the Jewish people had a religion of outward action, not inward attitude. They may have been moral on the outside, but what about the heart? Instead of glorifying God among the Gentiles, the Jews were dishonoring God. And Paul quoted Isaiah 52, 5 to prove his point. The pagan Gentiles had daily contact with the Jews in business and other activities, and they were not fooled by the Jews' devotion to the law. The very law that the Jews claimed to obey only indicted them. Let's go out and live what we learned, guys. Let's live it. Let's live like Christ. Because I promise you, this broken world will not be changed by beating them over the head with the Bible. It will be by loving them like Christ. It wasn't the judgment of God that led them to repentance, but the goodness of God. Say it with me. The goodness of God. All right? Now, don't forget. Don't forget. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And uh, I want you to leave here. I want you to leave here and grab you one of these uh, uh, memory verse cards, okay? Because I want you to get this memorized. It's the theme of the book of Romans. And uh, I don't know how long we're going to be in Romans, but, but by the end of it, you, you ba- surely you'll have it by then. Amen? So pick one. Where, where are these at? Russell, are they on your pew back there on the chair? All right, they're on the chair in the back. So pick one of them up. Pick one of them up. Stick it in your pocket. And, and during the day, just reach it out of your pocket. And when you got a break, and just read it two or three times, stick it back in your pocket, and go back to work. And I promise you, in just a few days, you'll have it right here. Amen? All right. Well, let's be dismissed, and uh, I'll just pray from here. And uh, we had a couple special prayer requests come in on the on the website. And uh, uh, so we're, I'm going I'm to pray for them. And let's just all pray uh, 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 for, for God's will to be done. And uh, uh, when y'all leave, Friday, they're going to Africa, Uganda. They're going to uh, Uganda on a missions trip, and uh, we need to pray the anointing of God over them that, that, that they will complete the task that God gives them, that they'll see uh, fruit from their labor, and that God will watch over them. And uh, there's others that, that are sick and, and that we all know about, and so let's all pray together for them. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's talk to Jesus. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping us understand your word. Thank you so much for, Lord, just revealing to us